3: You ready, Cara? Mm Mm-hmm. I felt like Beyonce. You ready? (laughs) You ready? (laughs)
1: That was
3: hilarious. That's so good. Hey, y'all. Hey, what's up? And welcome to Let's Red Table That. I'm Tracy T. Rowe.
1: And I'm Cara Presley. And today we're talking all about mental health. And healing your inner child. We need this one. We need this episode.
3: We've invited an expert to the table to equip us with a new tool for taking care of our well-being. I love that we're helping people prioritize
1: their mental health. Karen, isn't that important? It's super important. Super important. I mean, Tracy, what have you done this week to protect your mental health? It's a continuous journey, right?
3: right. It's an everyday intentional journey to tap into, realize, and then nurture and care for mental health. You know, I'm all about affirmations so much Mm -hmm. so, you know, I have that whole Everyday Amazing Mindset affirmation card. I have my set. Yes, you have your set. And what I do with those cards is I just shuffle the deck and then pull a card. And so my card for today, you want to hear what it says? Yes, yes. I am only limited by my
1: imagination. Oh, I love that it ties right into the episode. I mean it's, it's
3: perfect. perfect. And most times it's right in line with whatever it is that's going on for the day for me. And so there's never a wrong time to know that you can literally take the limits off. And there's right. no box that you have to stay in. There's no line you have to stay in the coloring zone of, right? Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. What about you? Mm-hmm. What are you doing?
1: Listen, I'm always doing something. Yes, oh, you are. I am. Listen, you know I'm heavy into spirituality. Okay. Yes. So I recently went to the TD Jake's Women Thou Art Loose yes, yes. convention. Wait a second the now. La- the yeah. last. I the am, last. am just so proud of you. It was the last. I appreciate you. Yes, we were there as media. It was the last one. And I love it because it's just an alignment with this exact topic, like you're saying, mm-hmm. healing who you are, your inner child. Mm-hmm. And the next conference, they're actually going to transition it into Women Evolve. So as they're evolving, we are evolving. I saw the beginning and an end of an era with something. So I just I just love that we're trying new things. We're doing new things. We're tapping in. We are reading our affirmations. We're yes. getting in alignment and we're really deciding what we need. We're not going with the norm anymore. We're not just doing what they say. We're not going to be who you say we're supposed to be. We're going to find out for ourselves. So I love that for us.
3: That's so wonderful. The evolution. Yes. I think that's an apropos name for that conference because it's not so much in the loosed as it is in the evolution. And I Absolutely. think that's wonderful and smart titling for them. And I'm happy for you that you had an opportunity to go on that journey because it's a part of the growth. Right? Absolutely. absolutely. So many women take on so much, and it's good to have an opportunity to be in a space where you can say, you know what? I'm doing this
1: just for myself. Yes, absolutely. It was amazing. And I'm, I'm excited to have been a part. Um, oh, you
3: used my favorite word, Kara what amazing amazing
1: every day amazing <laughs> i love it
3: thanks to you being a wonderful member of the red table talk community you got a chance to go backstage who was one of your standout connections or people that you met with that you remember
1: listen it was a great we got to be a part of press and listen to td jakes but i got to personally talk to spinderella Okay. And she, Spinderella yes. from Salt and Pepper Spinderella. From Salt and Pepper, yes. Okay. DJ Spinderella. She was doing her thing there for the event. And she shared her favorite form of self-care. She loved things that were relaxing, like massages, and she expressed that the environment was super important. So relaxing music and anything to give her a sense of zen. It was mm-hmm. successful. And her nails were beautiful.
3: Oh, I love that. I've always loved Spinderella. I'm so glad you got a chance to meet her. And thank you, Spinderella, for sharing what you do to take care of your mental health received some listener mail over the past couple of weeks, and we want to thank you. Sincerely, thank
1: you for writing and sharing, and we want to share one of those stories with the rest of our listeners now. Absolutely. Frances wrote us to thank us for our episode covering postpartum pain because she has experienced what she calls terrifying intrusive thoughts and harm OCD. Gosh. But differently from our guest, Jade, who was on our episode, because Frances is not a mom, which, I mean, I think that's so important Mm -hmm. that she just honoring her own human Uh journey, right? Uh Francis wrote, It was so helpful and reassuring to hear Jade describe intrusive thoughts, similar to mine, because that is the first time I've heard someone say this so openly and publicly. This RTT episode was helpful because it made me consider that perhaps my harm OCD was also caused by my past trauma. Mm. And that's something I can now look into exploring with a doctor. I'm so glad that we could help destigmatize this topic a little for her. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say a lot because now she has the language needed to go to her doctor. It's so important. And this is why the red table is so powerful. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. I am just
3: thrilled for you, Frances, that you heard someone else speak your language and that you know that you were affirmed in how you feel and that you can now boldly go. Forward into your own healing. That's wonderful. And That's thank you wonderful. so much for sharing that with us
1: again. Before we start the episode, we're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, we will be joined with our mental health expert, Ivy Kwong.
0: I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy.
1: My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it.
0: i never seen a man
1: Mental health is so important, which is why we're very excited to welcome Ivy Kwong to the Virtual Red Table. Ivy is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a life and relationship coach. She specializes in codependency, intergenerational trauma, self-worth, and so much more. She is a published author, and her most recent book called The Little Girl, The Ocean and the Moon is dedicated to your inner child, which I need that. So yes, thank you, Ivy, for coming on. Let's (laughs) Red Table that. How
4: are you? I'm really excited to be here today. Very grateful for the opportunity to share anything that might come
1: up. Nice. We're happy to have you. I'm excited. So let's get into it. In this season of Red Table Talk, we talked a lot about rebuilding the parent-child relationships. But sometimes we also have to heal our inner child by parenting ourselves because of childhood trauma, of course. So this is something you know a lot about, Ivy. So Mm. how do we know when our inner child is wounded and needs healing. When we get triggered,
4: when we have strong emotions in response to something that's happening, I like to say that if your response to a 1 or 2 or 3 trigger is like an 8, 9, or 10, there's probably some historical trauma that's showing up. Someone forgets to put the cat back on the toothpaste and you blow up. It's probably not a toothache cap. So this is kind of signs, indicators, opportunities for us to be curious about where it might be coming from. And there could be an opportunity to do some inner child healing work in those spaces.
1: Oh, man, that makes so much sense. So just initially Mm -hmm. at least paying attention to your triggers, right? Mm Okay. What would you say are the first steps to actually healing that inner child?
4: So the first step would be awareness, So one of the questions that I like to invite people to ask themselves is, how old do I feel right now? So maybe you're having a conversation with your parent or your partner and suddenly you are six years old or suddenly you're 15 years old and suddenly something's happening where you are no longer in your fully embodied adult self and you are responding and reacting as if you were a much younger version of yourself. And once you realize that's happening, that's when you can do something about that. Because we do the best we can in every okay. moment. And if we don't have the awareness, we don't have any choice. A lot of times we are just going through the motions of what we're going mm-hmm. through. If we don't notice, we can't change anything. So the moment we start noticing, oh, wait a second. I'm feeling not like I am my 42-year-old self right now. I feel like I'm eight Mm -hmm. and something's hurting and I'm really upset and I feel really scared or I feel really just whatever is coming up, that's an opportunity to check in with that younger version of yourself that's kind of emerging. Because I believe that we all hold all parts of ourselves that have ever been within us. We hold our infant selves, our five, six, seven-year-old selves, our 10, 11, 12-year-old selves, our 18, Mm. 19, 20-year-old selves. And every part of us that has ever been, their memories, their lived experiences, their embodiment, they're all present. And sometimes and your body
3: remembers. Your and body remembers
4: absolutely. It. Yes, the body holds and remembers all of it.
3: That is so good. Right? So when you are recognizing that you are not your current age, you feel like you're younger. That's really amazing because you think about it, there's almost some memories that are good memories that can take you back to when you were at your grandma's house, a certain smell that you think of fondly. For whatever reason, I've never associated The same to be true with the trauma that, you know, Mm -hmm. you can have an experience that will put you right back in a childhood position where you felt out of control or lacked Mm -hmm.
0: power or Mm -hmm. hurt.
1: And that is so good. Super powerful. I mean, that, you know, let's just pause here for a second, Tracy, because just like you're processing, I am processing and I'm literally thinking about all the times The 20-year-old Kara shows up. We never really paid attention to the fact that if I'm responding a certain way, that might be 20-year-old me or 10-year-old me Mm. or 15-year-old
4: me who's still annoyed and triggered, right? And once you realize that that younger version of you is present, that's when you can start the reparenting process. That's when you can acknowledge that what they're feeling is completely valid, right? Like you're feeling really afraid right now, you're feeling really angry, you're feeling really, really frustrated. And that's when you can check in with what it is in that moment that you're needing that that part of you is asking for? And is it something that you can request from someone else that you are wanting to request it from? And if that person is unable, unwilling, or just not present with being able to provide that for you, how can you provide that for yourself? So for example, Mm -hmm. if you are feeling rejected and you would like some attention and you're trying to get it from the person you're trying to get it from, but they're just busy and don't have time, they don't have the time for that right now. How can you self-soothe and take that precious little, you know, however eight-year-old you and be like, hey, I, I really hear you. You're wanting some attention. How can I be there for you? Can I listen to you? Can I spend time with you? Can I literally give you what you need in terms of the way you're asking for it?
1: I love a good affirmation, Tracy. I know you do, too. Are there any affirmations that can help us with our inner child work?
4: So one affirmation is I hear what you're feeling and to affirm what it is that you're feeling. I hear that right now you're feeling scared. I hear that right now. Just acknowledging it first because so often we try and talk ourselves out of feeling a certain feeling like you shouldn't be feeling that way. You don't need to be feeling that way. You don't actually feel it, but no, but you do. So hey, I, I hear that you're feeling that way and that's okay. And I can be with you in this big emotion. And I'm here for you, and I'm here with you, and I'm not going anywhere. I can handle it. I've got us. And I'm here to listen to what it is that needs to be heard, seen, spoken, witnessed, and tended to.
3: I love that. I'm not going anywhere. I've got us. I'm not going anywhere. I've got us. That's just, it's reaffirming. It's reassuring. Yes. It's like a hug. In a mm-hmm. word, I'm not going anywhere. I've got us. I love that. Mm-hmm. Cara, I don't know about you, but I've seen all sorts of tips and tricks about inner child work and reparenting yourself pop up on Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> right. Ivy, help us clear out some of this mud. Is there any advice you've seen online that you, you say, Mm-mm, nope, I don't agree with that and we should ignore? What would it be?
4: I feel like this is such intimate work that everyone kind of has a different way of relating to their inner child. So some people journal to themselves. I know some folks who will write out their adult hand with, you know, their dominant hand and then write out their child response with their non-dominant hand. I know some folks who will speak out loud to their inner child as if they were there in person or to a picture of them. I know some people who will take walks with their inner children and just have chats with them. There are folks who will sing or dance or play with them. And so there's no right way or wrong way to do it. it. There's this idea that this person is a part of you but they're also their own unique being that is also can be worked with independent from your adult self.
3: Some of the things you just mentioned, oh my goodness, I love that. There's so much out there that's that's good and works. So you mm-hmm. want to make sure that you're inclusive mm-hmm. and that you affirm whatever works for other people. I really appreciate that.
4: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. If there's something that feels healing, nourishing, true for you, then absolutely keep doing that. Listen to that. You're the expert of your own healing. There's so many folks out there saying, this is the way and the only way. And I'm always really skeptical about that because how could you possibly be the expert of someone else's experience?
1: Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah, I think that's very powerful. Just to remind people, too, as they consider and think about therapy and different ways to work on their inner child work, I think reminding them that they still have the power is super important. I feel like people feel like they have
4: to release power maybe when they Mm. reach out for help, but... Mm -hmm. That is not the case. So Mm -mm. I love that. It is not this hierarchical thing when it comes to therapy. It's not, I'm the expert, you're the one who's, right? It's not that there shouldn't be a power dynamic. It's, hey, I'm here to walk with you alongside you on this journey as your mirror and as a guide with some tools and tips and things in my toolbox to help you get unstuck when you're stuck. But I'm not here to tell you what to do. And I'm always really cautious of people who are, again, this is the way to your healing. I think a lot of times we show up in in spaces where we feel like we have to defer to whoever the expert is. And in your therapy process, you're encouraged to to show up for yourself, to trust yourself. And you can fire your therapist, by the way, if you're not happy with what's happening. Yes, you can. In the therapeutic space and ask the questions and advocate for you. And anyone who is worth continuing to work with will respond to that with care and respect.
3: It's important that you said that, too, because so many people feel uncomfortable about firing their therapist. You don't recognize that it's just another person that's in your tool belt. And if you decide you don't want to work with that person, you can select someone else. You have that authority
1: over your healing. Mm -hmm. That part. I definitely agree with that. You've been a therapist for 16 years. So you've helped countless people with different backgrounds and needs. You've helped them heal and move forward in their lives. What are some examples of childhood trauma that you've come across in your practice? Maybe things that we don't even
4: see firsthand. So there's big T and little t trauma right? So big T trauma are like, you know, the, the car accidents and the sexual abuse and, and the things that are are more overt. And then there's kind of the covert little T trauma. And everyone experiences the world differently. So you can grow up in the same household with the same things that are happening and one person experiences something as trauma and the other person doesn't. And so when it comes to trauma, there's not only the, okay, I, I cried in my crib and nobody came, For someone that's a traumatic experience that will forever affect their attachment. for other people, they're like, that was fine, right? That didn't really impact me or don't have the awareness that impacted me. There can also be ancestral intergenerational trauma that gets passed on from generation to generation that we hold again in our cells and our bodies and our beings. And sometimes that can come out too. And we carry the wounds and the resilience of all those who have come before us. And sometimes those can come out as well, because sometimes I, I look at my own parents and have so many parents who have not had the chance for their own little inner children to be healed. And so often you have children trying to parent and children trying to make very adult decisions. And so that's why I think this work is so powerful and so important So that we can do the work to heal so we can heal generations before us and after us.
3: Man, I'm, Loving every moment of every single thing you're saying, right?
1: Right. It's powerful for me, it's especially the intergenerational, because I think people are always trying to pinpoint what it is and why they feel. Absolutely true.
3: Absolutely right.
1: true,
4: Kara. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You don't have to know.
3: And that is, that is the part that we all need to hear. You don't have to know. There's something, and it's the discovery of it. You don't have to just automatically know what it is. My mom actually said this to me, and at the time it didn't make sense, but it's all clear now that she said that there was a little girl in her that needed attention. And at the time, I was like, you're a mom. What are you talking about? But I get it now. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I get it. I totally get it.
4: Mm-hmm. There's a, something within her where she didn't get some need met. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Absolutely right. That she had a childhood trauma. She didn't say that. She didn't use that phrase, but she said there was a little girl in her and she identified it going back to what you said about what age were you when you felt whatever it was or whatever triggered you. And so now I get it. I need to talk to my mom about that because that's going to be a healing opportunity for both of us, I think.
1: Same. Do you think that inner child work can heal all different kinds of childhood trauma or are there specific traumas that respond better to this kind of therapy?
4: So I think that inner child work can, to a certain degree, help different types of trauma, especially, again, those that we experienced when we were children, when we were younger. And so any instance in which we were a child and didn't get a need met that we need met can be healed and tended to with inner child work. So this can be, again, attachment and relational wounds. This can be needing protection and we didn't get the protection that we wanted or needed or hoped for protection, attention, care. And so if we're noticing these patterns showing up in our adult lives that can be traced back to that source, then absolutely inner child healing work can be healing of those types of traumas. In terms of other traumas that might respond better to this or different kinds of therapy, I mean, I think that everything is connected. So it's not that one is better than or worse than another. I think this is just another tool. And if it resonates with you, then it's something that can be really powerful that you can carry with you always. You can always check in on what version of yourself is presently with you. And you can tend to that.
1: Oh, I love that. (laughs) I'm going to say that after everything. (laughs) (laughs) because this is just a necessary conversation. It's like healing in real time. So Ivy, how has working in the mental health space helped you heal your inner child?
4: I think first and foremost, just the normalization that so much of what I experienced, I wasn't the only one and that there are ways to become different and to live a different life than any other life you've ever known. That there are these tools, practices, exercises, opportunities, just books and 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 teachings and and healers who can support me on my journey because I feel like so much of what we know is only what we've been taught. And so we're limited in that way. And there's so much that we don't know. And Mm -hmm. so going to this world, I'm learning every day. I am forever a student because as long as I have breath, there will be more that can be learned and known and to use that moving forward.
3: And moving forward is just a gift because the stagnation of it all and lack of growth and evolving... It's painful. Mm-hmm, it's painful. It is, mm-hmm. and you know, growth and comfort don't coexist. Oh and no! So it is sometimes difficult.
4: <laughs> there's your comfort zone. There's the growth right? zone, and then there's the oh whoa! I've I've overstay, like, Let me go back a little bit. <laughs> And just where are you? Are you living in a space where you're like always comfortable, and nothing's changing, your soul's starting to feel stuck and stifled? Are you in the growth zone where it's kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable, but I'm okay with this discomfort comfort because there's more here for me? Again, we talked a little bit earlier about becoming more of who you are and can be and can become. That's so exciting to continuously be in that process of discovery and evolution.
3: Now we're going to take a quick break, but our conversation with I.B. Kwong will continue after this.
0: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Along with being a practicing therapist, you're a published author. Talk to us a bit about your books and how they help heal.
4: So The Little Girl, The Ocean, The Moon is a children's book. Healing Codependency is is for adults, you know, and teens as well. I feel like there's so much that we can learn through story and so much Mm -hmm. that we can unlearn and relearn through story. And I know that the way that The Little Girl, The Ocean, The Moon came through me was an opportunity for my inner child to have a chance to write a book with me that could be healing for both of us and perhaps others and their own inner children. And so in that particular book, it's a story. Once upon a time, there's a little girl who want to go to the oceans and the moon. And she goes to all these people trying to Ask them to take her to go to the ocean, to see the moon. Her mom, her dad, a friend at school. She starts to grow up and become a bigger girl, a partner, and she grows up in a job. Maybe my boss will send me the ocean to see the moon. And of course, nobody does. And then she starts to forget because she's a grown-up, she has to work hard, she's working and working. And then one night she goes to sleep and she has a dream. And in her dream, her little girl comes back to her and says, I would like to go to the ocean to see the moon. And that's when she wakes up and knows what she has to do. She packs a suitcase, she buys a plane ticket, and she takes herself to the ocean to see the moon. And on the last page is a story of an adult woman looking at the ocean and you see her shadow, and her shadow is holding the shadow hand of a little girl with pigtails. Oh, I think so often we have these dreams when we're younger, these desires, these passions, these interests, these hopes, and sometimes over the course of life, if they don't get reflected, supported, or seen, they get forgotten. And this is hopefully a reminder for for those of us who are grown up with children inside of us and also Mm -hmm. little kids. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just hopefully the message can reach more people in that way.
1: I love it. (laughs) That is just the sweetest thing ever. Right. Right. I love that. I I feel like it's something that a lot of people need.
3: Because all of us have experienced what we call the dream deferred, right? The raising Mm. the sun moment. And to have the opportunity to not only read it, but have the illustration of viewing it. And then having the end be that the girl fulfilled her own dreams and the little girl was with her.
1: That's just cathartic. Mm, Very Mm -hmm. much so, very much so. Because it it also says it's not too late. Mm You've shared the beautiful ending to your book, but why is that piece just a a big key? Why is it important to remember and honor your childhood dreams?
4: I think that there are things at different points in our lives that show up as very, very, very important to us. And other people might not understand or agree or get it, but they're ours and they're part of our essence. What We have to offer the world how we want to engage in the world, interact with the world and with others. And so often in life, we start getting told that that way isn't the way it should be. There's a better way. There's a different way. You should follow my way and listen to my way and have my values and my desires, my dreams, my beliefs. And so often because we want to please, we want to make others happy, and we want to be accepted and cared for, and we want to survive, we have to abandon these parts of ourselves in order to adopt whatever it is that the other person would prefer. And so remembering the essence of who we are so often birthed from childhood can really help us maintain and restore parts of our soul and our spirit that, that need to be heard, held, and, and nourished. And so,
1: yes, that's just one reason
4: why I think. Mm-hmm.
1: That's perfect. I think that's successful. That's a great reason. I think we all need to tap into these dreams. Y'all know I love a nap, so I'm definitely (laughs) going (laughs) to...
4: Give yourself and your inner
1: child back. Pray over the naps. (laughs) Right, right. Come Mm. on, naps naps and the dreams. We're going to honor both of those. Mm -hmm. And let's please end this episode on a lighter note. What were all of y'all's childhood dreams? Listen, I'll kick it off. Mine was crazy as it sounds to be oprah i wanted to be mm. that person in the spotlight and that dream got deferred but baby we are back on the path so how successful is that i was just gonna say here you are interviewing <laughs> i know right yes We're back on the path <laughs> yes i was like but what if i really can and i am so yes
3: yeah, celebrating yeah, that dreams <laughs> Yes, bravo to little Kara for coming back around.
4: Celebrating her. I love that this is happening. I love
3: that. I remember one of their earliest dreams and I acted it out was that I wanted to be a teacher. I set all my dolls up. And I made them have school. And so I taught them different things. And I don't know what I could have taught them that I knew, but whatever it was that I knew, I shared with them because Mm -hmm. I wanted to impart some wisdom to my little dolls. And so I think that it's interesting throughout the course of my life, I've been not officially a teacher, but I have shared the lessons that I've learned with others and in terms of making sure that they feel seen Mm. and also trying to help them navigate through their own things through my professional development mm. purpose. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I'm celebrating that, like you, Cara, there was definitely an I, I'm going to be the next Oprah moment. I never forget mm. that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And... And so I think it's interesting that it's we both come to this point in our lives where we get to use this platform to have a voice and then to help people through their healing with this information and awareness. It's a gift.
4: Mm. Tracy, I love that you're also honoring your childhood dream, that just the platform that you have and the lives you're able to touch and change with that you're able to teach and to offer and to share is so impactful and absolutely manifestation of that beyond the dolls and the stuffed animals that you set up when you were little.
1: Right. (laughs) Funny, we both lined everything up. They were definitely my studio audience. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Ivy, what did you want to be? Are you on your path's work?
4: Absolutely. There were definitely a lot of detours along the way. There were definitely deferral of the dreams for what other people wanted or hoped for or believed would be successful. But when I was little, mm-hmm. I, I loved writing, I loved drawing, I always wanted to have a book that people might be able to read one day because I loved reading, I loved laying my little beanbag in the sun with my books and be like, wow, how wonderful would it be one day if someone could read something I wrote? And here we are.
1: Nice. And nice. here we are. You talk about your book. I mean, that I'm- is perfect.
3: It is absolutely perfect. I love that we've all come full circle into our dreams, that we get a chance to live that and see the manifestation of that.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. And look at how we're all helping each other Mm -hmm. in the process. I love it.
3: I just think what you said is so important about not assimilating to the other person's idea of what is right for you. Mm -hmm. And we've had so many conversations. We had an opportunity recently to be guest on BFF, the Black Fat Film Podcast. And we talked about having a canvas and that you get to paint your own canvas, choosing your Mm. colors, and that you don't have to let someone else pick the colors for you.
1: And I think that's the thing. Like, we are all a canvas. And sometimes people will come up to that canvas and say, I think brown needs to go there. I think blue needs to go there. I think green looks better on this canvas. And sometimes you Mm. have to say, you didn't buy the canvas. You didn't give me the tools for the paintbrush. Come on. Let them know. Say it again. Mm -hmm. You know, stop trying to paint me as the person you want to paint
3: me as. I got to paint myself. Isn't that uh, right? I love right. that. That was right. just,
4: I was moved by that. That's so good. The, the colors that you're drawing, they bring you <laughs> joy. Would you feel something? i felt like, am I feeling yes. this? You know, am I feeling inspired? Am I drawn to it? All of these things. I imagine both of you were drawn to doing this work because there's something about it that you, you can connect with that, right. that makes you so more of who you are. And Right. Yes, the energy Absolutely. of it and following oh,
3: that, yeah. whether it's a paint color or, a, you know, that's so good. 100%. I am truly re-energized and revitalized from engagements.
1: Mm. Right? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a big energy shift. And like even, I remember I remember I deferred my own dream. That's the sad part. right? Mm-hmm. Like, people will come in and they will paint your canvas gray like Tracy was kind of alluding to. But I told myself. I was like, there, there's, there's the people on TV, and then there's the people who watch, and I think you'll have to be the one that watches, and and mm. I just clearly, after twenty years in a career, was like, I'm not watching anymore. Mm. I'm gonna go out there,
2: yeah, and that's and and we're here.
1: So that is great. Yeah, but I did defer my own dream. I feel like your voice when you said that,
3: I could just imagine you with your hands on your hips in like (laughs) a Wonder Woman stance. I'm not watching anymore. That's right. I am taking no to this. I can say yes to that.
1: Yes. Yes. What am I doing? Yes. That's That's fantastic.
3: We could stay on with you, I know, for at least another hour because I have absolutely just thrown myself 100% into this. It has been so Mm -hmm. amazing. But we don't want to keep you, although we do want to keep you. So you have to make (laughs) sure you come back and visit (laughs) us sometime. I would love to. Thank you so much, Ivy, for coming to our virtual Red Table. We are just delighted to have had the benefit of you sharing your expertise with us.
4: Mm, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
1: You can learn more from Ivy about these topics and more at bareivy.com.
4: And that's bare as in
1: B-A-R-E. We want to know how you're feeling about this new season of Red Table Talk. We are open to talk about anything with you all. So please send in your questions at Let's Red Table That at redtabletalk.com.
3: And we have a fantastic voice message option that you can use to connect with us at speakpipe.com slash let's read table that. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you subscribe on iHeartRadio app and please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. You already know we want a five. We'll be back next week for another episode of Let's Read Table That. A big thank you to our executive producers, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Ellen Rakuten, and Fallon Jethro. And thank you to our producer, Kyla Kaneru, and our associate producer, Yolanda Chow. And finally, thank you to our sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Let's, hey, let's hey, red hey, hey. table that. Hey, hey, hey let's red table that. that. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, let's red, let's red table that. Ta-da-da-da.